0: But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in. It's another edition of the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. Soul Boxer, crafting and bottling bartender qualities you can enjoy anywhere. The brandy old-fashioned, the bourbon old-fashioned, the Manhattan are all crafted to remain true to their supper club origins. Find Soul Boxer wherever you pick up your favorite livations. Glad to have you aboard, as I said or didn't say yet. I'm Don Wachilis. Thank you so much for logging in and taking a listen. We're going to veer off a little bit today as we make our way through this Tuesday podcast because, in watching some of the NFL training camps moving forward and seeing what's happening in Major League Baseball and in the NBA, I may have a diatribe, I may have a tangent that we'll get to in just a moment. Before we get to anything, We have to shout out to a good friend of ours, Ken Snyder, who today up in Green Lake playing Lasonia gets his very first hole in one. So congratulations to Ken on his first hole in one. And if you happen to be at the bar following the round later today, enjoy and make sure he buys you one after getting his very first hole in one. Congratulations to Ken. Also, Another interesting thing happened over the weekend, and if you saw it, it's one of the great uh, clips, I think, that we'll find in the sporting world with regards to this 2021 summer of sports, and that was in Los Angeles where some idiot decided to run across the field during the Dodger game, and while making his way through right field and trying to, apparently, I would say, jump over the rail and make his way into the stands and trying to escape, got tackled by the ball girl who was working the foul line. So congratulations, one, to her on a a great tackle, great form, shoulder down, right at the knees, and caused the man to flip over the rail. But if anybody thinks in this day and age that girls can't, there's a clip you need to show because they definitely – They'll cause you a little bit of hurt and and the way the crowd erupted, watching that man flip over the rail was uh, was a little bit of fun over the weekend. So let's recap some of the things that have been happening here in the four one four. We talked about it the other day. The Brewers in a very important stretch, playing nothing but nL central opponents. Time to uh, find the bats again, time to get healthy again after. A tough series against the Giants in which they dropped two of three. But as we pointed out in the last podcast, because it's easily gone three and oh, played a doubleheader yesterday, swept the doubleheader in game two. It was a huge six run fifth inning that propelled them to a six three victory in the nightcap after taking the afternoon game four to two. They will play on Thursday now. They'll play tomorrow once again against the Cubs. A 120 start is tomorrow. Let me take that back. They also play today as I jump the gun. They'll play tonight at 7.05, based upon obviously the time we're putting this podcast together, and then back at it tomorrow afternoon at 120. So the Brewers, again, an important stretch, off to a great start. You would love to see them sweep the Cubs for many, many reasons. Not only Would it help them in the standings as they get ready to then take on the Pirates and then a really important series against the Reds, who seem to be their toughest opponent in the Central this season? But it's the Cubs. Anytime you can beat the Cubs is good. I don't care if the Cubs are in the midst of rebuilding. There were a number of years where we were down a bit, and the Cubs had no problem rolling through us and and pounding their chest and driving back home south on I-94 waving the W flag in our faces. So the fact that we're able to return the favor, so to speak, as the ebb and flow of sports goes, I'll take it every single time. When it comes to the Packers, the Packers obviously will take on the Texans coming up on Saturday. And the the big news going into that will be Jordan Love. Everybody will want to see Jordan Love moving forward here as he'll get the majority, if not all of... No, he won't get all. He'll get the majority of the reps uh, moving through the preseason. Matt LaFleur is essentially, in his pe- press conference, come out and said he will not play Aaron Rodgers, which I don't have a, a problem with. We've added a game now with 17 games. There really is no reason to put Aaron Rodgers on the field. And I think many teams now are taking the persona of what the Los Angeles Rams really began a couple years ago, which was when we get to preseason, we're going to be playing all our second, third, and even fourth string guys, guys that need to prove themselves in order to stay on the 50-some-odd man roster and rest all of our stars and our starters and make sure that they're healthy going into week one. And as I said, many other franchises are doing the same now and we'll see that with the Green Bay Packers. You will not probably see Aaron Rodgers take a snap in the preseason, and that's not an indication of, oh, my gosh, they're putting all their hopes and dreams into Jordan Love. It's about getting Jordan Love some reps. Jordan Love, with COVID last year, had no preseason opportunities to show what he can do, and we'll be watching closely to see what Jordan Love can do. Now, with that, take what Jordan Love does with a grain of salt. Because the coaching staff is going to try and test Jordan Love a little bit. He'll probably be asked to throw in some windows, so to speak, that he would not be asked to throw into had it be a regular season game. That mattered. He's going to be asked to try some things because they want to see what they have. So please don't get bent out of shape if the man throws an interception, if the man throws a couple of incomplete passes in tight coverage. Because the coaching staff is looking for that. I heard a great analogy this morning on one of the local Milwaukee radio stations talking about, for instance, when a pitcher goes for a rehab assignment, that pitcher might throw, oh, I don't know, let's just hypothetically say 15 curveballs in a row, trying to work on that particular pitch. And the other team down at AAA, down at single A, wherever the rehab assignment may be, might finally pick up as to what he's doing, wait for it, and be able to start smacking the ball all over the place. And then people are all up in arms that pitcher X is down in his rehab assignment and just getting drilled from one end of the park to the other, when in fact that particular pitcher is throwing the same pitch every single time, just trying to work on form in the midst of that rehab. So when the individual comes back up to the major leagues, they're ready to go. The same thing can be said moving forward with somebody like Jordan Love. He's going to be asked to do some things that he would not be asked to do if he were the starter come week one of the regular season. So watch what Jordan Love does. Watch his command of the offense. Watch how he gets that team in and out of the huddle. Watch how he's able to potentially audible on the line depending upon what the Texans want to do. But don't overly react to Jordan Love. We've got the former... MVP, the former three-time MVP, now ready to roll come week one. So let's let Jordan Love get out there. Let's let him work the rust off. Let's let him make his mistakes. Let's let him win at whatever clip he can in the preseason and take it for what it is. Let's also remember when Aaron Rodgers became the starter after Brett Favre's final exit out of Green Bay, the Packers went 6-10. and 10. We tend to remember now the Aaron Rodgers of the last five, six, seven years in which we've had a quarterback mixed with almost a coach on the field because his cerebralness as a quarterback probably is only matched really by the GOAT, Tom Brady. And so we tend to remember that. We don't remember the growing pains of the first couple of years and some of the mistakes that Aaron Rodgers made. So when Jordan Love finally does take over, if he does take over, whether it's this season, next season, or the season after, if he's still a member of the Green Bay Packers, heaven knows there are crazier things that could come about with trades and so forth as this year moves on or even in the offseason of next, Jordan Love is going to make some mistakes. Aaron Rodgers made some of those same mistakes before evolving into the MVP quarterback that he is so everybody take a deep breath have some patience and enjoy the fact that we'll have football on this weekend even though it's preseason we missed it didn't we i mean we up to last year where who cares it's preseason nobody wants to see preseason preseason sucks nobody wants to look at this stuff and then all of a sudden it's taken from us and we kind of miss having some preseason football seeing what some of the younger guys can do now Do I think we still need three games? Not necessarily. Probably could do one home, one away and call it a day. But the fact at least is that we're down from four to three. We've added one regular season game. And now before we know it, it'll be time for the NFL to be up and running. Buck Summer League playing out in Las Vegas. Some of those young guys trying to impress the coaching staff and the general manager of your NBA champions. That just does not get old. The one player that I'm keeping an eye on that I've got fingers crossed that somehow he'll either make the G League squad or even make the Bucks' final roster once that comes mid-October, mid to late October. And that's Demetri Trice from the University of Wisconsin. The Bucks always could use a guard, always could use a shooting guard. And Demetrik Price has shown in the past that when he's on, he's on. And the fact that there were so many factors that we've discussed prior uh, to this podcast with what was going on within the walls at the University of Wisconsin played, I think, havoc a little bit on some of those players. So let's hope now that Demetrik Price has wrapped up his collegiate career, is now looking for a pro career that it does work its way with the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, so here comes the diatribe. We're going to take a break, gonna take a deep breath and get it going. But one of the things that struck me, as I said, watching some of the training camp things that are going on in and around the NFL, watching some of Major League Baseball's uh, franchises just kind of mutter through this summer looking at what's happened with some NBA franchises, I'm wondering if we're not appreciating here in the 414 or in the state of Wisconsin what we have. And I'll talk about that right after this quick break. All right, welcome back in the Wednesday edition here of the 414 Sports Podcast. And as I said before we took that little break, one of the things moving forward here as the summer draws into fall and we get ready to see some postseason baseball, we get to see the NFL coming back, we get to see the returning NBA champions take the floor again come October is, in essence, truly Without hyperbole, and and I and I, I don't I don't like hot takes. I, I think hot takes are and anything you know that you can do to maybe get somebody to listen or read the article, which then has really nothing to do with your quote unquote hot take. To me, is a waste of time. But just think about how lucky we are in the state of Wisconsin to have the organizations that we have. What really got me thinking about this is the constant banter again between Aaron Rodgers, or not between Aaron Rodgers, but about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packer organization. The Green Bay Packer organization really flipped the script, so to speak, back under Ron Wolf. When Ron Wolf was brought in to be general manager and was essentially left alone, like, go do the football thing. This part of the office will handle the financial thing, but you go do the football thing. And in the process, built again, and and I guess the, the proper English would be rebuilt, one of the best franchises in the history of the NFL. We know what the Packers did in the 60s, and if any of you were of the era I was, you got tired of hearing about how great the Packers were in the 60s while you're watching the current Packers in my childhood going 3 and 10 or 11 or 4 and 10 or whatever whatever the games I think we had 14 games back then and every once in a while you'd get a winning season and you'd go yup here we go and then the next year we'd be right back at the bottom of the pile but since the Ron Wolf era the Packers organizationally have changed to a point where they are consistent winners now let's not gloss over this i understand the frustration from fans and from people who say, yes, they've been winning, but they haven't won the number of Super Bowls they should have because they haven't brought in players X, Y, and Z, which is what started this whole mess with Aaron Rodgers in the first place. So that argument I completely understand. But from an organizational standpoint, from the front office to the coaching hires to the players on the field organizationally, the Green Bay Packers are one of the best. Let's come south, the Milwaukee Bucks. Bless Herb Cole. I would I would never, ever want to trash that man who kept the Bucks in Milwaukee when there was the potential of them leaving back in the 80s. He buys them, keeps them here, kept them here. We can talk about how the team was run and some of the acquisitions that were made and some of the contracts and all of that stuff. But he kept the team here. And when he sold the team, to the current ownership, he made sure that that current ownership said or agreed to staying here in the 414. Now under that organizational regime, do we we have to look any further than just about a month ago when they brought home a world title? So organizationally, again, from the front office to the coaching staff to the players, all in sync, all doing what they need to do, so to speak, and winning. Milwaukee Brewers, just go a little bit west down 94. You get to AmFam Field and you look again under the purchase from Antanasio, from Mark Antanasio, the organizational structure, how it's been put into place and what has happened. The team is a perennial winner again. So when we sit back and we we react daily over wins and losses, and we react daily over coaching decisions and we react daily about certain players that aren't being brought into the fold in whether we're talking about the Bucks, the Brewers or the Packers because we're so knee deep now into fantasy sports that you know we make trades over over a beer and maybe another one before someone agrees to yeah I'll I'll flip-flop that with you, and we'll move forward with our fantasy team. It's not obviously that easy at the pro level when not only are you dealing with what player are you trying to get, what player then would you give, and how do the contracts then match up under the various collective bargaining agreements? But you look at what we have, even at the college level. Look at Wisconsin. Look at the mess Wisconsin just went through where there was an alleged coup shall we say, in the basketball program. And look how the university that was structurally, organizationally built under Barry Alvarez was able to withstand that. Look how the football team has been perennial winners. Organizationally, from top to bottom, there is a culture that breeds this type of winning. Now, again, Would we love to see the Badgers win a national championship? Of course. Would we love to see the Brewers win a World Series? Of course. Would we love to see the Packers win a Super Bowl again with Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Would we love to see the Bucks, with a big smile on my face, go back-to-back and win another NBA title? Of course. But organizationally, think of where things stand here in the state of Wisconsin and how good we got it. And the reason why I started to think about that again watching some of the things with other teams around the country especially with the NFL look to our west with the Minnesota Vikings the Minnesota Vikings Vikings excuse me who have Delvin Cook one of the best running backs in all of football they have receivers like Adam Thielen just to name one of a trio of some really really good receivers in Minnesota a defense top 10 and yet because of Kirk Cousins, in a quarterback-centric league, anybody worried about the Vikings? Like, I think the Vikings could split with the Packers during the regular season, but the Vikings would not scare me come postseason. They just wouldn't. You know, I used to root for Kirk Cousins, watching interviews and such prior to this year. But now I, I hearken back to when he was with the Washington football team and he made the great play and banged his head up against the padded wall and ended up being out for a game or two with a strained neck. I, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion after listening to Kirk Cousins with the whole COVID and how he would handle things, and all, I, I'm just coming to the conclusion that either that's who Kirk Cousins is, the guy who banged his head on the wall and, and messed up his neck, or when he banged his head against the wall, he knocked a screw loose, and, and off we go from there. Then you look here at the Detroit Lions. Again, anybody organizationally think the Detroit Lions are a team that will pose any sort of issue for the Green Bay Packers or anybody else in football this year? They've shown no propensity to, to figure out how to do things. You've got a coach now. Take a deep breath. In Dan Campbell, who's out there running around like a man possessed when you watch the various, again, clips and coverage of the Detroit Lions training camp, he's running around like a high school coach. And yes, all that rah-rah stuff will generate a lot of enthusiasm that can get you through the dog days of training camp. However, once the Lions, which I think will happen again this year, once the Lions are the Lions again on the field, Eventually, one-by-one, players historically will turn the rah-rah stuff off if you can't figure out a way, a system, a strategy in order to win on the field. And it could be absolutely wrong. Dan Campbell could absolutely turn that franchise around. and, And you could sit here, at least on my part, and eat my words, but looking forward with the cast that's in place, with what you see as far as training camp goes, you know, everybody's optimistic when nobody's, you know, grabbing at your ankles, when no one's trying to take your head off, when, when you're going over the middle and a safety salivating because he's about ready to knock you into next year. When you get to drop back and throw a ball 60 yards down the field, everybody looks good. And so the optimism with the Detroit Lions during training camp, completely understand but will it parlay into the regular season? So I look at, again, the Vikings and the Detroit Lions organizationally, and I don't think they're there yet. Look how long it's taken the Cleveland Browns organizationally to gain some momentum to kind of switch things around, much like the Packers did under Ron Wolf. The Cleveland Browns are now starting to organizationally change some things from top to down that is giving people in the Ohio area hope. I don't get that same sense of hope when you talk about the Lions or the Vikings from an organizational standpoint. The Bears? The Bears can fall into that same category. So can the Cubs right now. Look what the Cubs did at the trade deadline. They just, they just washed everything away. Most teams that, that's a generalization, but I'm going to run with it, would find a way in order to keep a couple of key elements and then begin again to build around it so that when those key elements are past their prime, you're only resetting then one or two spots. The Cubs decided to just start over. We're making money hand over fist. People come. We're the lovable losers. We'll just get rid of everybody. And this is a Cubs team that not that long ago was World Series champions. So organizationally, the commitment to do what's necessary to keep moving forward doesn't appear to be there. And you can go throughout baseball. Now, you want one baseball team that gets no love, that deserves some love, and that's Tampa Bay. When you look at Tampa Bay, look at what that team has done in a small market to continually, over the last five, six years, continually win. That team gets no recognition because they get swallowed up by the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees as far as press goes, and yet Tampa Bay continues to find a method to win. On the other hand, look at the Houston Texans who take on the Packers this weekend in that first preseason game. Everybody from a a veteran perspective can't wait to get out of Houston. Why? Because organizationally it isn't there. It's got great facilities. It's got a beautiful stadium. You're in a major market as far as advertising and things of that nature go. But organizationally, they're a hot mess. Randall Cobb coming to Green Bay said it was like getting broke out of prison. J.J. Watt couldn't wait to get out. You go down the line and look at the decisions that have been made and look at the veterans that can't wait to run away from Houston. You begin to understand, again, how important the organizational structure is. All right, let's finish up my diatribe because I think I'm ready for a nap after doing all of that. And the bottom line of all of it is this. The Brewers, the Bucks, the Packers, University of Wisconsin, the University of Marquette, all of the major elements here in the state of Wisconsin, from an athletic standpoint, organizationally are sound. And that's a good thing. Now, as fans, do we want more championships? Of course we do. Of course we do. As fans, would we like to see some key elements put into place in order to take that next step, at least as a fan, we think would push us over the proverbial hurdle? Of course we do. But don't lose in the day-to-day minutia of wins and losses and deci- decisions Excuse me, that are made on the field how good we have it here in wisconsin from an organizational standpoint when it comes to our athletic teams all right let's wrap this up then for this wednesday again our thanks to soul boxer crafting and bottling bartender quality cocktails you can enjoy anywhere pick soul boxer up wherever you get your favorite libations all right so the brewers again 720 tonight game 3 against The Cubs will keep anticipating Jordan Love's first appearance on the football field for the preseason matchup coming this Saturday. And we'll also keep a peripheral eye on Las Vegas as summer league action is taking place with the Bucs and other teams in. So have yourself a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Let's hope the Brewers can pick up game three tonight. Have yourself a great Wednesday. Take care. Be safe. Talk to you later.